Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Wish Upon a Star. We're on to Bambi, which is our fourth normal movie season of Wish Upon a Star. Dear. I don't know what sounds dear makes, so <laughs> I thought that I would just say dear. Yeah, finally, I... we're, we're done with Dumbo. We don't have to hear your elephant sound. But yeah, we've covered Snow White. We've covered Pinocchio. We've covered Dumbo. We also covered Fantasia in there, but that was just a little thing. And yeah. now we're on to Bambi, our fourth full movie of the animated Disney canon. Yeah. Disney and our first non human involving movie. Anyway, yeah. I'm Amanda the person. I'm Front of the Lawyer. And <laughs> I mentioned this in the last episode of Dumbo, but I had not seen this movie before. I can't, I still can't believe that. Yeah. The full story is that the one time I was going to watch it, was during indoor recess. Now, I know you grew up in Florida. I don't know if you guys had indoors at all, but <laughs> what indoor recess was is when it was really, really cold in the Midwest where I'm from, they were like, you children can't go outside or you will die. So we sat in the library and we would watch movies, but since we were like tiny children, recess was only, I don't know, 20 minutes long or something. Oh, no. So I watched the first 20 minutes of Bambi, and then they were like, we'll watch the rest of the next indoor recess, but, like, obviously that didn't happen for a very long time. So, yeah, just... I never actually had recess. Oh, wow. Yeah, That's, I mean, I had, sucks. like, gym in elementary school and, like, onwards, but it was never, like, free time playing on a field. When did you get bullied, then? Oh, they they found, <laughs> they found the time. Okay, and yeah, actually, was... my school didn't really have it, and you're, you made a joke, but we did it, all of our hallways were outdoors. Right, so. right, yeah. <laughs> no, One I, time, I... a possum crawled up on our guidance counselor's hair. Yeah. Florida's that's... crazy. Florida. <laughs> but I, I imagine it does rain down there. I mean, we saw, and did it rain in Dumbo? I don't remember. Maybe. Yeah, during during the racism. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the first racism. So one of those times, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, it was, sometimes it rained. They were like little roofs over the, the outdoor parts of the mm -hmm. hallway. Gotcha. But we had palm trees there, and when the first Harry Potter movie came out, an owl came and sat in one of the palm trees the whole day. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yes! We did not have owls. <laughs> we we, did we normally didn't. It was very magical. Yeah. But yeah, we had like iguanas and stuff. Cool. A lot of cockroaches. Anyway, mm. Bambi. Speaking <laughs> Bambi. of animals. <laughs> Bambi, yeah. So my understanding of Bambi was, you know... Wait, so how did you... Did you not... Did you, like, start watching part of it in Outdoor Recess and then not finish it? We, like, abandoned that story yeah. halfway through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, that was it. You know, we okay. watched it, but then Indoor Recess doesn't happen every day. It's purely based on the weather. So, like, by the <laughs> oh, time no. the next Indoor Recess had come around, like, I don't know, the teachers had forgot that they were, we were 20 minutes into Bambi. They were like, let's watch something else. Like, I don't know, Horton Hears a Who. No, that didn't exist yet. I don't know. <laughs> you know, something. Uh, yeah, your childhood's a blur. It's fine. Right. So that was the only time I'd ever seen any of Bambi. My understanding of it, like, my the reason I didn't have interest to watch it outside was, I don't know, I guess I thought it was, like, a girl movie, which now oh, in retrospect, Frodo, no. having, having seen it, like, all the characters are boys, so. Yeah, that, that also, <laughs> like, gross. Yeah. I was a child, you know, children have, especially when we weren't enlightened in the 90s, like, you know, like we are well. now. Children have those ideas because society tells them to. Yes. But, so if but yes, it wasn't your personal fault. If you're a child listening to this, first of all... <laughs> oh no, the bleeps are gonna suck. <laughs> I mean, stink. Excuse me, children. And, and then, second of all, uh, yeah, like things that might not be that your historical gendered 
geared stuff. I don't know. Oh, that's going to make the poster. <laughs> so, I mean, I obviously knew that Bambi's mother died. Spoilers. Um, oh, my gosh. That's something that we that you knew. Um, but I guess what did you know about Bambi going into this? So I definitely what? have seen Bambi. Good. Because I, I think I mentioned this in our last episode, but I received Bambi as a gift for my first birthday mm-hmm. on VHS, which is pretty young for Bambi. Because it is pretty dramatic when the mother does. It's, it's listed as like one of the top horror films of all time <laughs> of all time on by Time Magazine. That's 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 true. Yeah. So I, like I definitely saw it, but like I didn't really have an attachment to it that I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I think partially because there's like no merch around Bambi, which is kind of yeah. silly to think of. But like there aren't really sing along songs for Bambi because the songs aren't really sing alongable for the most part. Yeah, Faylene or whatever her name is. She wasn't a Disney princess, right? She, yeah. Although technically she is. Oh really? Spo- I, I mean, guess yeah. She she marries a prince. Spoiler alert. Or like marries as much as Nala marries Simba, she marries you know Bambi. Right, right. And I would I would call Nala a Disney princess too. Mm-hmm. We're getting way ahead of ourselves, but anyway, like yeah, I don't have a lot of memories of Bambi. Mm-hmm. I didn't dislike it, but I just like didn't have an opinion on it. There's not yeah. much to it for like modern kids. I don't know, like there aren't really characters you like follow along with as much. Although upon mm-hmm. watching it. Thumper is the best. Yes, Thumper Thumper's awesome. Yeah, uh, I think I had a stuffed Thumper. Yes. There are pictures of me holding a stuffed Thumper as a kid, so, like, I clearly knew what I was about there. And Thumper is, like, the perfect level of child. Uh, if you guys... Have you watched Full House? Are you a Full House person? Oh, have... Yes. Okay, do you know who Aaron is? Remind me. Aaron is one of Michelle's friends in the later sure. seasons of the original show, who's just like a total dick to all of the adults, <laughs> and is just like, "Why you doing?" Like he's just like a, a snarky little sure, little sure. Jerk. No, Thumper, who for those of you who aren't following Bambi for whatever reason is the rabid friend of Bambi. Yeah. I back when I I taught drama to like elementary school for a couple of years, and I had like six kids that came to mind when Thumper came on screen. Okay. It's like, oh, I know this one. Yeah, I, I um. I was specifically thinking of the, the line where he says, uh, he doesn't walk very good, does he? I know! Um, yeah, just a little little snarkiness. That that reminded me of Aaron from Full House. So. Right, and you're like, shut up, Thumper, but also, yeah. gosh darn, you're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, heart, good. I heart Thumper. I may have been watching Bambi with one screen, and then on the other screen being on Etsy, searching for merchandise that I could buy with Thumper on it for myself as an adult now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely, I think he has more lines at least through the first maybe 30 minutes of the movie than Bambi does. Oh, well, for sure. I mean, Bambi's learning to talk for the first 20 minutes. So that'll Uh, do you. Okay, well, those are what we think, but no one comes onto this podcast to hear what we think. Right. They come to hear about the expert knowledge that we bring because of our various degrees that are all Disney-based. So, like, so where where does Bambi (laughs) come from? Did this sort of spring from the head of Walt Disney fully formed like Athena from Zeus? (laughs) <laughs> yes. No, no. That is <laughs> that's not what happened. Actually, uh, an interesting thing, if you guys watched the YouTube video of Love is a Song, which I don't even think we mentioned. This is episode 21. Oh, this yeah. Is, we're doing Love is a Song. Uh, if you watched the YouTube video of it, you saw in the opening credits, one of the credits mentioned a guy named Sidney Franklin. And it says, to, to Sidney A. Franklin, our sincere appreciation for his inspiring collaboration. And... You know, who is Sidney Franklin? Well, Sidney Franklin was a producer with MGM, and in 1933... Boo, Boo. Uh, Boo. In 1933, he purchased the film rights to the book 
that was Bambi. The book is specifically called Bambi, A Life in the Woods. And so he purchased the rights to the book. Eventually those rights got into the hands of Disney in April of 1937, and then mm-hmm. it took until 1942 to get this movie released. We mentioned Which, admittedly, that, is not too bad for Disney and an animated film. Yeah. We mentioned before that they were thinking this could come out around the time of Pinocchio, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. It was pushed back a little bit. Um, yeah, so they acquired the rights to this book, Bambi, A Life in the Woods. So that was a novel by Felix Salton that was published in 1923 in... Uh, I think he's Austrian, uh, but it was yeah. published in, in Germany, Austria, that whole area. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It was originally for adults, actually, which is interesting. That is strange, but, I mean, who am uh, I to judge? Maybe not strange, because it is a, there's a lot of death involved. Um, That's what, fair. One interesting fact is that since it was, it was very popular in the United States at, uh, at mm-hmm. the time of its publication, but in Germany itself, it was actually banned by the Nazis in 1936, so... Uh, for much of the time that it was, you know, booming in the United States, it was not uh, doing so in Germany. Actually, the government interpreted it as a political allegory on fascism and the treatment of Jews because Felix Salton himself was a Jew. I don't know from the movie where exactly that comes from, but I'm assuming the book is, is a little bit different. So. Yeah, that's entirely fair. No, the book had, like, all sorts of weird things going on around it. I mean, first off, because it was published in Germany originally, it had, like, weird copyright things that led to disputes between Disney and publishers, like, that continued through 1993 was sort of the wow. big when it all came to an head. Yeah. Basically, like, no one can quite tell if the copyright actually held on the book and mm-hmm. if it was public domain or not. Which is super weird because books that came out in 1923 generally aren't public domain, but mm-hmm. Germany and World <laughs> War II, there was a lot going on. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't, I mean, I don't know. I could, I could see it as an allegory for oppression. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I've kind read of. the book. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, I don't really, it's not like I'm like looking at the Nazis as good opinion holders who like have <laughs> logic to their stuff. So Exactly. Yeah. They were like, a Jew wrote this? Uh, it's nah. evil. Yeah. Get, get that out of here. Right. The book was very popular in America, like we said. It mm-hmm. became a book of the month selection. Actually, in one of the trailers you can see online for Bambi, it mentions, you know, you've seen it as the book of the month, or you've read it, now you can see what it. Is it. What was it the book of the month for? Like, Oprah's Book Club, but for America? I don't know. It was a book <laughs> of the month somewhere. Enough that someone, that it could be in quotes on Wikipedia saying book of the month, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's the, been like 200 editions of the novel yeah. overall, like 100 in German and, and English alone editions. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think it's cool that the one who actually published the book in the United States in the first place was Max Schuster, the co-founder of Simon & Schuster, which is still mm-hmm. like a huge publishing house. Yeah. Um, and he really liked the, the novel and contacted the author to publish it here. Um, and an editor at the firm of Simon & Schuster contacted his... Columbia University classmate to translate it. So it's just kind of oh. like coincidences that it even managed to make it over here in the first place. But it did, and it caught the eye of Walt Disney, and they made a movie that was pretty critically acclaimed. Maybe I didn't watch it growing up, but actually in 2008, when the AFI did their 10 top 10 list, where they listed the top 10 animation movies of all time leading up to mm-hmm. that date, they had Bambi listed in third. Third like of all I time. S- and like I said, Time Magazine ranked it as, like, the number six horror movie of all time. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
pretty critically acclaimed. That seems like the guy who was writing that Time article just wanted to like get a rise out of people being like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, you came here looking for slasher movies. How about Bambi? You didn't think that was horror, <laughs> but it is. Yeah, top fifty list of horror movies, you know, compiled. You won't believe what number six is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Area um, woman compiles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've now covered all three of the top three animated oh, really? movies according to FI. Was, was it Snow White, Pinocchio? And then Bambi. And then Bambi. we've also covered number five. If you Dumbo? can think, no, Fantasia. Fantasia. Dumbo. Dumbo is not listed. And then that's fair, the best, I think. Yeah. Can you think of what is the number four? Hmm. Um, when was the list published? 2008. Okay. Um, I mean, I know you would say Sword in the Stone. Right. But, but I, I was uh, only one vote in the AFI poll. As right, a, a, exactly. You were only one of the 1,500 yeah. experts. Yeah. What, are we looking at, like, early Disney still? It's just, it's Disney, but not early. Okay. Um, Beauty and the Beast. No, that is number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That is seven. Lion King. Yes, Lion King is number yes. four, which actually brings me to something interesting, and that is the song we're talking about today, Love is a Song. I think it's kind of similar to another song that we see in the movie Lion King, which we haven't seen yet because obviously we're going one movie at a time. But Right, and we've seen nothing. Right. But I've heard that Lion King has this song called The Circle of Life. Yeah. That is about how life repeats itself and, mm-hmm. you know, is a circle. I'm, that that whole thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, of course, have never seen Lion King because right. I'm doing this podcast correctly. I definitely <laughs> right. haven't seen it twice on Broadway. No. And did not dance to Can You Feel the Love Tonight as the first dance on my wedding, but... Okay. Uh, uh, hey. Otherwise, have no sort of information about this movie whatsoever. All right. Um, but it sounds interesting. It sounds yeah. like there could be some parallels here. Yeah, well, I think there are some parallels, because if you think about it, let's look at some of these lyrics. Mm-hmm. It says, love is a song that never ends, all right? Never ending. That's kind of, like, circles <laughs> never end. Uh, That's like true. Ma- I know that about science and math. Ho- Hope may die, yet love's beautiful music comes each day like the dawn. So, some things die. It also says life may be swift and fleeting. So, life ends, but love goes on. So, mm-hmm. maybe it's not exactly the same. Maybe circle of, of love here, whereas mm, in sure. life we have circle of life. But there is that idea that something keeps going. Love's sweet music flows on is another line. So, Well, plus, I mean, honestly, there's... The whole movie's got kind of Lion King-esque things, like Young Prince. Right. Parent Dies. Yes. Journey of Self-Discovery. Yes. Big Fire at the end. Yes. Against the villain. Um, and there's, of course, both have a luau where uh, one of the characters pretends to be a pig. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that doesn't happen. Oh, I can't wait to be against the Lion King. <laughs> what a great movie. Uh... I guess I guess he was a pig. <laughs> he, yeah, I mean, he pretends he was, to be like a, a fool. Yeah, I mean, and Timon pretends to be a hula dancer. I think that's more what the pig yeah. thing, right? <laughs> ah, the pig thing, as it were. Oh, uh, the pig. Uh, 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 but <laughs> I don't even know what the words are. Yeah, there are a lot of similarities. A few more that I I can see in looking at the two movies. Mm-hmm. Well, plus they're also all, almost exclusively all animal films. Yeah, well, so they're both all animal films, like you said. They're both involving the loss of a parent, like you said, the mm-hmm. circle of life, or love concept. There's This is an animal kingdom with a prince. It's specifically, the animals all go to see the prince because in 
directly following Love is a Song, the animals in this movie all say, ooh, a new prince is born, the new prince, mm-hmm. the young prince. And Ding dong, the prince is alive. alive. And that's referring to Bambi. So, And there's also, in both, we have a, a love theme where the young... Mm-hmm. The young prince Simba versus Bambi grows up and reaches adolescence, and then becomes all twitter pated. Yeah, it, we'll get to that for sure, <laughs> and, and learns about this love. And uh, but there are there are some with with two best animal sassy friends. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But uh, specifically with love as a song, one similarity that you we can definitely see is there's a rock uh, in Lion King, Circle of Life. The family appears on Pride Rock, which is this big rock overlooking all the animals. And in Bambi, we have the same sort of thing. When Bambi is born, right after Love is a Song, we see his, presumably his father, this male deer, looking mm-hmm. down upon the, the birth scene. And then at the end of the movie, spoilers, uh, <laughs> super spoilers, but the yeah, song, Love is, Love is a Song comes back again at the end, which is why it right. matters. And... At that point, a new generation is born, and now we have Bambi and his father on top of this rock. Oh, and it's so nice. And, and there, yeah. it's family. It, it kind of has gives me that Pride Rock, Lion King feeling. Yeah. I, I do think there fair. are, there's obviously differences, you know. This is not based on Hamlet. Sure, uh, I mean, that's a big one right off the bat. Also, the animals are a little different. I think that Disney here in Bambi is trying to go for realistic instinctual type animals i mean they're yeah. they're saying things but they're a little bit more natural maybe mm-hmm. whereas in lion king they're all basically humans that are in terms of personality and the way they right. think right well um, it's actually crazy like how realistic they tried to be with bambi um, yeah, and yeah. it's actually one of the reasons why the movie did not get very good reception everyone was like they lost the magic and the fantasy this is too realistic these deers talk too deer like and i don't yeah. like it yeah, but I think it was actually interesting in seeing it for the first time now. I was mm-hmm. expecting it to be all cartoony. And, and don't get me wrong, when we get to that uh, third <laughs> song the, with the Twitter painting scene, that it's is pretty very cartoony, cartoony still. Yeah, but early in the movie when we see Bambi learning to walk and mm-hmm. um, just the way that they, they move and react, it, specifically I noticed Bambi's ears, just the way they yeah. perk up and move, uh, it's independent of the rest of his face. It looks very natural. The way we see... There's a scene later when they're all the deer are prancing through the meadow. Mm-hmm. It looks very realistic. Um, well, they did almost, a lot of work purposefully for that, too. Like, they... Yeah. they I think some, one of the animators referred to the way that they animated the deer in Snow White as looking like just two big bags... Two big sacks of flour sort of pushed <laughs> together. Yeah, yeah. And so for Bambi, they, like, brought... They set up a full, like, zoo... Like, small animal zoo inside the animation studios. Uh, maybe ethical. Who knows? Yeah, it's it's debatable. Um, and they had like deer that they brought in, and they named Bambi and Feline, and they like studied how these animals moved. Yeah, yeah, it definitely comes across. And I was surprised by how realistic yeah. everything was. So good yeah. job, Disney. Yeah, killing it. No, this like I don't know. This one, I like this one. I didn't mm-hmm. think I was gonna like it as much as I did, but I'm actually like maybe just because Dumbo is such a train wreck. Yeah, um, yeah. in so many parts, and now I'm just like, oh god, they're they're all animals. So, like, and none of them seem to be coded as different races. No, it's, yeah, I, I definitely like this a lot more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Given, and it's beautiful. Yeah. 
the artwork, you know, we just came off the, the... I didn't love the artwork in Dumbo. It was a little cheaper. I know that there are some redeeming qualities to the watercolor that, that you and also uh, Josh liked, but... Yeah, but I like this one better. They actually brought in this uh, Chinese-born American artist named Tyrus Wong, who his painting served as the inspiration for the backgrounds of Bambi, the uh, how they look like uh, paintings. They're, it's not necessarily realistic. It is realistic. You know, it's not yeah. cartoony. But, but it's, yeah, I know what you mean, though. Right. There's some quality of it that's kind of impressionist. It's a little dreamlike. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. It's a little dreamlike. And they got this from this guy named Tyrus Wong, who his paintings were inspired by Song Dynasty classical Chinese paintings. Oh, okay. So he brought that inspiration to Disney, and that's what they based the backgrounds in Bambi on. So you have this, these sort of dreamlike backgrounds, these more realistically animated animals in front, and it gives it an interesting visual feel. Yeah, I mean, when they first, like, pan over to the woods, um, which are all based on the woods of, like, Maine and things like that, that's where mm. they spend most of the time looking for it. Like, for a second, I was like, oh, is this... Is this not animated? Like, it's gorgeous. So Tyrus Wong's work was a success. It turned out really well, but unfortunately yeah. for him, he was fired from Disney as a consequence oh, no. of that animator strike we talked about back in Dumbo. Oh. So, claiming Come a victim on, there. Yeah. He, he had a good career, though, after this. I don't, yeah, know. I don't remember what it was, but... <laughs> but it Wiki- seemed good at the yeah, time. Yeah, his Wikipedia was longer than, you know, two lines, so he must have done some other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Of course, none of that matters for this episode of the podcast, because Love is a Song is the title yeah. sequence. Yeah. So we should talk about we should talk about Love is a Song some yeah. more. I like the, like I said before, I like the theme of the, of the song being like Circle of Life, being mm-hmm. something that it bookends the movie beginning and end, and it's... It keeps this theme of life goes on, love connects mm-hmm. us all, which, you know, we, we have the birth of Bambi at the beginning, the death of his mother, and then the rebirth of new children at the end. So it does frame the movie in a nice way, I think. Mm-hmm. And it does so maybe in a less obvious and beating you over the head way, as Circle of Life does, um, serving <laughs> a similar purpose, but maybe a little bit lighter touch here. So that's nice. Um, I, as a piece of music it actually kind of reminds me of one song yeah a hundred percent especially like the more orchestral versions of one song or like the bigger versions of Mm. one song you love the one song so how do you think that compares to this um i mean i I, i'm gonna go down in history on this podcast as the one song defender i like one song better um Mm. but like i definitely feel especially like you know at the end of snow white when one song sort of swells up yeah um, that's what this feels like, because this is a very big swelling piece, da, 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 da. and you know, there's like a, it feels like it's a whole course of different things going on, of song mm-hmm. and of, of, of vocals and music, um, and you get that really sort of grand Baroque-esque feel almost. Yeah. Which is weird, because it almost doesn't fit, like, what Bambi kind of is as a movie, you know? Like, you don't look at the animation, at least, and the story, and think, like, Ah, uh, time to bring in like the organ or whatever it is that they're playing in here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a love. I do think it's a lovely song. I'm not sure how well it fits with what they're doing here. Whereas things like Circle of Life is so emblematic of what that movie is, and even one song. I mean, that's a movie about royalty, which this is still royalty, I suppose. But yeah. like, it's nature royalty as opposed to like this is a prince in a crown, and this is a princess in a dress. Right. And here's a castle. 
this is the woods. You almost expect something a little bit less, like... Regal? Yeah. 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 I don't know. I could see that. I like this more than one song. Um, mm-hmm. Of course you do. <laughs> I like... I think that the the lyrics to me, like I said, I've, I already talked about the lyrics, but they are more diverse than one song where, you know, 90% of the words were one song, and I just <laughs> one song, one song, you know. Here they're a little more interesting to me. To me, Love is a Song, as opposed to One Song, sounds more like... I wrote that it sounds like a hymn. Now mm, I'm Yeah, a, I definitely get that. I don't... Uh, you, know, you don't church, yeah. I don't. I might. I may not church, but uh, <laughs> to me, this is from my experiences of being in a church. This sounds like a church hymn. Uh, you know, it mentions like the voice of a heavenly choir, so it is evoking mm-hmm. some religiousness. And you have the the tenor singing the beginning, and then he's joined by a chorus in the repeating the last two lines before the end of the opening credits. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I get that a sort of religious feeling here, which I like. I think it's it's yeah. nice. And the lyrics, are, I think, are better than one song. I like how the... I just like the melody better than one song. I think it's less boring to me. So, yeah, this to me is better than one song, if we're comparing yeah. the two. <laughs> no, it definitely, like... Honestly, as soon as I hear this music, I'm like, oh, we're back in old-school Disney. Mm-hmm. And not that Dumbo isn't old-school Disney, because by definition of time it is mm. um but like when i think of like old disney i think of like these swelling sort of snow white-esque things right right um, these these big choral arrangements it's not right. it's not Over one a character title sequence right not one character singing a song yeah right right and i think like as a in general i prefer the one like i prefer a song coming from a character as opposed to like this is the chorus and here is the theme of the movie in right. case you're wondering this is what it is like, at least Circle of... I mean, Circle of Life is obviously a masterpiece, but, you know, you at least have... It's got story purpose and not just, like, theming purpose. And one song had story purpose and not just theming purpose. Yeah. That was yeah. kind of my issue almost with Wish Upon a Star, which I know we got some flack because we didn't, like, send its praises to the heavens quite as much. But, like, I don't know. I like when the, when the songs move the story a little bit, too, as well as just being beautiful pieces of music. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Now, I, I do think if there is going to be a place where a song is not going to move the story, you know, the overture is the place oh, to do sure. that. Oh, right? but sure. Then, but then why, like, what is the reasoning then behind not just having an overture here? Because I think that it sets the theme, you know, in Wish Upon yeah. a Star... Wish Upon... I said Wish Upon a Star. <laughs> That's wi- us. Wish Upon a Star is setting the theme of that movie. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. about wishes, it's about dreams, the dream to be a real boy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Here, the, setting the theme of, hey, this is about... The circle of life, the circle of love, the, mm-hmm. the how things love change, yeah. stuff, how the seasons change, you know, things of that nature, which yeah, to me is the theme of the movie, and um, and I like the movie, so yeah, good stuff. Uh, one more thing before we get into our reviews, the guy who actually sings the majority of Love Is a Song is this guy named Donald Novus. Ooh. He's interesting because he sang a few Disney songs. He also sings a song in Lady and the Tramp. And he sings a song in a silly symphony cartoon. But in 1955, he co-created the script for the long-running Golden Horseshoe Review, which, if you remember, oh, yeah. was with Wally Bogue, who was the guy who discovered Julie Andrews and was in Tiki Room. So it all yeah, is connected. All I connected. put Wally. Yeah. All connected. <laughs> um, actually, another connection coming from Donald Novus, the mm-hmm. singer here, is that he performed in a Broadway musical called 
Jumbo, and Jumbo is about a circus, <laughs> and it, it featured a live elephant. A live Amazing. elephant. Amazing. Yeah. So, I get either there was a limited amount of stuff that people were doing back then, or <laughs> they are all connected. Yeah, I just oh, there were only three different stories: circuses, animals, <laughs> and princess stuff. That was yeah. That's all it could be. I don't know if you, I think if you went through a good chunk of the movies in the box office these days, you did mostly that. That's true. I did just see a movie with animals today. I saw what did you see? Christopher Robin. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. I'm jealous. Was it good? It's nice. Okay. It could have been better. It, it was. I like the beginning and the middle parts when there's Winnie the Pooh, but then like when they bring in like Tigger and Piglet and owl and all of them they're very one note you know tigger's just like i'm doing crazy stuff and piglet's like i'm scared you know um, oh sure but I, I did i like the scenes with winnie the pooh he's funny that's delightful i definitely i'm like glad they made this movie it, it was like mm-hmm. fun it was a good time even even frodo the, the guy who hates cute was into that one should we move into our, re- our reviews of love as a song yeah let's go let's do it okay i am going to be defining bambi by thumping rabbits and not <laughs> as in I am thumping rabbits. This is not an act of violence against rabbits, but rabbits that are thumping. Understood. Like at so like blank out of ten thumping rabbits, because thumper is bay, as I think the kids <laughs> would say. I'm not positive, but I think the kids might say that. Oh, um, he, he's definitely bay. Okay, fantastic. Glad we're all on the same page about that one. Yeah. Um, although flowers kind of bay too. I don't know. This movie's great. I'm very excited yeah. about about this series. A- actually, a, a quick uh, little note about Thumper. Originally, Disney was thinking about having six different bunnies, sort of like the Seven Dwarfs. I they would be equivalent, that. but they ended up just settling on Thumper and then a bunch of randos because Thumper was obviously so much better. You know, it, it, it would what be a great decision. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be like if. If one of the dwarves was so much better than the others, there's no need for the others, wouldn't you? I mean, they really could have done that with, mm-hmm. like, Doc or Grumpy or Dopey. Yeah. <laughs> and been fine. True. Um, but... Yeah, going but back I, to your nice. review, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I am going to give this song 6 out of 10 Thumping Bunny Rabbits. Hey. That's a good yeah. That's a good I think start. it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It starts off pretty good. Um, I was thinking of giving it a five, but I don't know. I'm tired of giving things middle-of-the-road reviews, and mm-hmm. I liked this song, and yeah. I liked this movie. Um, I don't think that the song is particularly, like, thrilling, but I think it also, like, I don't... For me, I can't compare it to other songs like it, because it, I don't think it's as good as one song. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's as good as, like, Circle of Life, obviously. So I have to think of it as a standalone, but, like, it's a nice song. It's not really catchy. But I think it's, it does set the, the theme of the movie very well, and it does evoke that feeling of like, oh, wait, this is a Disney movie, and here we go. Like, it, yeah. it gives me the feel, it gets me set up into Bambi, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that. Yeah. For me, I like the melody. I don't love it. It's not something that I'm going to really be humming a lot. Right. I but, mean, like, I feel like I look at the, our recordings and I see the names of, like, three of the songs that I have in there. <laughs> and, like, then I have them stuck in my head. Like, I've been singing One Little Spark a little bit for about 20 <laughs> minutes now since I just saw the recording on my computer. This is not going to do that for no. me. No, it's not. But I like how the purpose it serves in the movie. That's Right. I like how it sets the theme when we're in the opening credits sets the theme of the movie. I like how at the end it swells and works with our emotions that we've seen the after the fire has burned down the forest, mm-hmm. the forest is regenerated, there's new birth, and the new generation of Bambi is the father 
is established with the old king of the forest walking away. I like how it it fills our emotions at the ending. Um, it, it, it's almost like yeah. a tearjerker moment at the end. It of the really movie. is. And, I got a little emotional. Yeah. So, although I don't think this is a good song isolated from the movie, I really like how it plays into the movie. And so, because of that, I'm going to give it a B minus for better than one song. I will be sad about that, <laughs> but I appreciate that you yeah. were being honest and not holding back to spare my feelings. Well, that's that's that. Uh, thank you for joining us once again, audience, and I hope you stick around for the rest of Bambi. It's going to be a fun ride. We have some more guests in store for you who are going to be awesome and tell you stuff. Yeah, they are. This has been Frodo the Lawyer. This has been Amanda the Person. But stay tuned, because we're doing Disney Idol now. Disney Idol? Oh, boy! Da-da-da-da-da-da-da! Hey, guys, welcome back to Disney Idol. This is our third segment that we're doing, where we're putting our heads together and trying to figure out who will be the greatest Disney performer of all time, kind of. I guess that's what we're doing. Uh... I'm yeah. back here with Mel B once again, and we are on to our wild card round, which features people that we didn't consider enough men-ish or women-ish. Uh, now they're <laughs> just a, a big group of animals and... and Dwarves? Yeah, more dwarves. <laughs> although, although Doc was considered a man, yeah, so I'd be sort of offended if I were, you know, one of these other dwarves. Yeah, this is just a grab bag of other characters, let's just okay. be honest. Um, Finer characters, I guess. Yes. Well, and yeah. while we're being honest, the first one of them is Honest John, singing a little bit of High Diddle Dee Dee. Come on to the theater, High Diddle Dee Dee. An act is life for me. A high silk hat and a silver cane. A watch of gold with a diamond chain. I'm diddly day. An actor's life is gay. It's great to be a celebrity. An actor's life for me. Turns out to diddly dum. Diddly up the dum the dum. All right, honest John. Uh, so he, he does a little bit of interesting stuff with his vocal. Specifically, he does this little bit where he sings along with the music of the song. Uh, he, he's imitating kind of the instruments. He goes like, which I think is a little, you know, it shows that he has his, has a little attitude when he sings. He has a little bit of emotion. You know, he's trying to sell this uh, life of an actor. So that's nice. And he, uh, you know, if, if he decided ever to make a transition into rap, he has some sweet bars going. He's, uh, pulling out some rhymes about candy stores and coaching yeah. fours. So he, he has some uh, some good skill with the tongue. Yeah, I mean, as far as performance goes um, and pizzazz, he, he's a con man. And mm. I think during this song, he effectively convinces Pinocchio that he's an actor. Mm-hmm. Um So I don't, I mean, personally, I don't know if his dancing was that great. It's mainly just skipping down the street. But he does do... He does do a little baton twirling, though, yeah. which is pretty impressive. Yeah, I think that if this was drum major idol, yeah, he'd, no. he'd be doing better, but... I definitely see that. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I can't say this for a fact, because I stopped watching American Idol years ago, but I don't believe that baton twirling has ever been uh, incorporated into one of the acts. Maybe <laughs> yeah, in... the new ABC it, Idol. Right. <laughs> 
I also noticed that while he's marching, he doesn't really make eye contact with the camera very much. No, it's mainly, it's like a tracking shot from above. Right. His performance towards Pinocchio matters more than his performance towards the audience. Yeah, exactly. So, that is a bit of a negative, I gotta say. Yeah. Wasn't too into it. All right, next up is Jiminy Cricket singing When You Wish Upon a Star. When you wish upon a star Makes no difference who you are Anything your heart desires will come to you If your heart is in your dream Okay, I'll start this off. Obviously, Jiminy has got the skills. He's got that crooner voice down. He has a vibrato that is not as strong as the prince's vibrato or as tinny as Snow White's. It's just a light vibrato that soothe. it's soothing, it's nice, and he makes use of dynamics in the song, and he makes use of... Um, he has a, a certain tone of this kind of twangy, charming tone. I, I kind of thought of it like a a, a version of maybe a Clay Aiken. Um, if Clay ah. Aiken was, you know... A cricket. A cricket. Um, <laughs> so I have a lot of good things to say about Jiminy's voice. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And also, I just... This is arguably one of the greatest Disney songs of all time. I We're mean, you're the one judging about it. the songs. I, We're I, talking I, about I'm the just, people. I'm just saying, though, it, like, helps... Like, of course, you're going to like someone better when they're singing an amazing song. That's you true. know, if Jiminy were singing Hi Diddly D, an act of life for me, like, it, <laughs> we probably wouldn't be able to appreciate his vocal talents That's as much point. as in point. this song. It's a good um, song choice by the producers who are working with Jiminy. Yeah, um, who wrote it for Jiminy. Um, but yeah, as far as his performance goes, though, there's not really much to judge because this song actually appears over the opening credits. And it's only the last few seconds of the song that we even see Jiminy, and he's just sitting down. So he looks really cool and, yeah. like, suave, but it's hard to really judge his performance ability. That's true, but I do have it's to say, hard- uh, yeah. he is comfortable in the spotlight, because there is literally a spotlight on him at the end of the yeah. song. So Good Maybe he, that will serve him well if he does become a star. So yes, he's comfortable, you know, with an audience. Yeah. I, I have faith in, in the lad. Yeah, I know. He's clearly a pro, even though he's not. Yeah, is he, is he a ringer? Um, you know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes in Idol you'll have those guys who have already released albums and, you know, they failed or they flamed out yeah. and now they're trying this for the second chance. Is that what we have with Jiminy? Is he... We should do a deep dive on his history online or something to yeah. see what he's pre-Pinocchio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's always too cool, like, too, you know, smooth and not scared of the limelight. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's look into that. Maybe he, uh, <laughs> you know, he could have been in, in the chorus that was backing up, you know, Snow White and the Prince yeah. in Snow White, for all we know. <laughs> he was promoted to, uh, from ensemble to mm-hmm. lead cast. Okay. Well, the next one is, it is the two dwarves, Happy and Bashful. They each appear in the dwarves' yodel song. Take it away, Happy. <clears throat> I'd like to dance and tap my feet, but they won't keep in rhythm. You see, I washed them both today, and I can't do nothing with them. So I was a big fan of Happy's performance. Mm-hmm. You know, I was surprised. Um, after listening to Doc, I thought maybe we had seen the 
the cream of the crop of the dwarves. Um, mm. But he he was a talk singer, which you can talk more about. But he clearly had rhythm, mm-hmm. which is a good sign. And he did sing like he. I think there were some notes going on there. Well, not uh, only, not only are there notes. If you wait until after his verse, he has a yodel solo in the song. He does a little a little a little delay. Oh, that was him. Okay. Mm-hmm. That is. Mr. Happy. So okay. it proves that not only can he talk sing, he can carry a tune. And that's, if you remember on our last segment, we talked about how the French puppet, you know, <laughs> she didn't even try to sing. How, oh. how are we supposed to know if she can sing? Well, Happy, he says, you can talk sing, but you can also prove that you've got the vocal chops. And he does it here. Um, whether he can sing anything besides yodel sounds, who knows? But it's <laughs> a start. So good job, Happy. But my favorite part um, of his performance was mm-hmm. a little jig that he did. So after <laughs> saying his verse, he did a like, pretty impressive jig. He was like shaking his butt and stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, all the other doors were clapping. It mm-hmm. was just, it was a good time. And he seems to genuinely enjoy performing for his mm-hmm. friends. Um, you know, I, I'm rooting for him. He's someone you want to see succeed. Yeah. And then our next dwarf is Bashful. Poor Bashful. Hi. <laughs> I chased a polecat up a tree way out upon a limb, and when he got the best of me, I got the worst of him. Yeah, it, uh, my response to Bashful was just no. No. Like, I just don't, I just don't see it. You know, he, it took him three tries to mm-hmm. get out his song, in which he really did just talk sing. I don't think there was any melody going on mm-hmm. there. Well, just, but, you know, but hold on a second. I Not to cut you off, but I'm going to okay. cut you off. Um, <laughs> you ranked Pinocchio as your top performer, and his first attempt, he fell on his face and got his nose stuck in a hole. So. <laughs> Good point. But I feel like once he did end up performing, he did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Bashful was just hiding behind his beard the whole time and mm-hmm. was red, and it just made me sort of uncomfortable. Yeah, I agree with you about the performance. Musically, he does more talk singing, and not only that, I got a sense he was a little bit off time. He wasn't exactly in line with the beat like Happy was. Um, sorry, Bashful, you, you don't have the music or the performance. Uh, yeah, I wonder why he got the solo you know there was a bunch mm. of other dwarves like what about sneezy can he not sing sneezy was the one playing that like weird clarinetty thing okay mm-hmm. well didn't work out <laughs> this is like one of those performers you know where in the first round when the performers go in front of the judges for the first time yeah and it's not someone you want to make fun of you're just kind of like dude something else for you dog <laughs> like like what what else do you like to do you like to read books yeah, just just do some of that, you know. Yeah. Um, sorry. And then lastly, we have the baby bluebird, who you may or may not remember, but the baby bluebird was in with a smile and a song, which was another song that that Snow White sang. Uh, maybe we'll hear her sing it later on in the competition. And the baby bluebird does a little bit of call and response. Okay, in terms of vocal talent, the baby bluebird uh, cannot speak English, so that is going to be some, a drawback. Uh, but 
musically, it uh, has seemingly unlimited range, just like Snow White, until the last note that Snow White hits that is astronomically high, <laughs> and then the baby bluebird cracks on it. Um, but <laughs> but it went for it, so it's also just a baby. So I think any this level of talent for a baby is very impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you think about the performance? Yeah, so I mean, I thought it was like the bird was an excellent whistler. Um, my, you know, coming from this sort of Hollywood perspective, I mm. see great potential in the marketing around Baby Bluebird becoming a star. Really? Like, can you just imagine Baby Bluebird's face plastered on billboards and t-shirts and mugs and whatever else you put famous people's faces on? Like, because mm. it's just so adorable. It's kind of like Tweety Bird, but mm. with talent. Like, if Tweety Bird could sing. Now, I have to ask, since I just kind of made up the name for Baby Bluebird, I don't think that there's a real <laughs> character name. We, uh, Baby Bluebird needs a stage name. You can't just go up there and be like, it's Baby Bluebird. I mean, maybe you can, but... Uh, How about, like, Blue Ice? Blue Ice. <laughs> that sounds... Was that just the first thing that came to your mind? Like, yeah, it was, like, Vanilla Ice. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I haven't thought of anything. Um, no, I thought of this on the spot. We yeah, can yeah. think harder. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, uh... Little, little, how about Little Blue? Little Blue? Little Blue. I don't know. Little, little, little Blue Ice? But now that's already three <laughs> words again, and Baby Bluebird was, was three words. I sort of like Baby Bluebird. All right. We'll stick it's, with... It's just, like, literal. Mm-hmm. We'll stick with Baby Bluebird for now. If Blue, Baby Bluebird wants to take on the Blue Ice persona, we'll let it do that. Yeah, I um, feel like if it decides to go into rap or mm-hmm. maybe jazz, something more edgy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, let's get down to our final rankings, and I will start off with the vocal talent. Um, in last place, Bashful, sorry. <laughs> uh, then in whatever next place is, is Honest John, who, again, just wasn't, uh, you know, had some some pizzazz with the vocals, some uh, variety, but I have no faith in his ability to perform other songs. Then I have Blue Ice. Uh, Blue Ice okay. has the range, but again, it is limited. And who are my top two? Oh, my top two are Jiminy and Happy. And of the two, I'm going to give the edge to Jiminy for all the reasons I said before. He's polished. He has a really good voice. Happy, you know, shows us something with that Yodel solo, but it's not enough to capture the birth in the semifinals for me. Okay. Jiminy moves on. Congrats, Jiminy. What do you now, <laughs> for my picks, uh, in last place, I have Bashful because he just has no stage presence. Mm. You know, you just, I'm sorry, Bashful, get another job. Um, like mining, you know. Uh, <laughs> next, uh, I have Honest John because I just don't think he's like trying to perform and I just don't think he's doing that good of a job. Mm-hmm. You know, Pinocchio is dumb enough to believe him, but I, I don't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, then I have Jiminy, uh, which might seem low, but it, there just really wasn't much for me to go on since I was staring at the opening credits for Fair. that entire song. Fair. Second place, I have baby bluebird also known as blue ice by some. Um, I just, you know, I just think, he slash she is adorable and a very talented whistler mm. as well. So uh, I just think it's unique and mm. could go far. But ultimately, I had to put Happy as number one because I just think he's the whole package. He can sing, he can dance. He's just a you know happy person. Yeah, 
Like he's just fun to watch. I would watch an entire happy musical of him just, or a vaude, or like a show. Yeah. You know? A one man. A one man show. show yeah. Like of all the dwarves, I just think he could he could pull it off. I could see him being good at like bantering with the audience in between songs. Mm. Couldn't you see that? Yeah. No, for, yeah. for sure. Yeah. He, he he has it all. But that leaves poor baby Bluebird, uh, unfortunately, not in the semifinals. As Happy moves on. Unless, oh. you know, you used your producer save last week on Snow White. That's true. I, I really believe in the potential of Blue Ice, and I want to see what it can do in further rounds. So I'm going to use my save oh. on Baby Bluebird. All right. Congrats, Baby Bluebird. So Baby Bluebird has moved on. So let's go over everyone who's moved on to the semifinals Yay. from Pinocchio and Snow White. It is the prince. It is Pinocchio. Snow White... The Russian Puppet, Jimmy Cricket, Happy, and Blue Ice. So seven people have moved on. Seven things have moved on. I think it's a solid crew. Yeah, it's a solid crew. And they will take on future challengers from other movies. So right now we're in Bambi, and we're going to keep up with this as we go through all the movies. So thank you again, Mel B. And thank you for listening to Wish Upon a Star.